Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by betonline.ag. I'm actually, you could argue I'm getting legitimately sad that we are at the point where it's week nine of the college football season. I mean, wow. It'll be over before you know it. Thankfully, we will get you ready for the key matchups each and every week. Today, we got Wisconsin, Ohio State, Auburn, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan. We are all over the top games. We are presented, of course, as always, by betonline.ag. You know the promo code. It's podcast one for that 50% five zero welcome bonus podcast one over at betonline.ag. I'll tell you a little bit more about them a little bit later. Right now, I want to tell you about Matt Waldman. Self-made. Turned himself this into a career with the rookie scouting portfolio. Check out Matt on Twitter at Matt Waldman. You can also... Check out his rookie scouting scouting portfolio that some NFL teams buy, MattWaldmanRSP.com. www.MattWaldmanRSP.com. Matt, I am beyond fired up to break down these three games. These are by far the three best games of this weekend. It should be awesome. I think you guys know this, but just in case, I'm Ross Tucker. At Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, and the whole deal. The podcast networks at RTF Podcast. We really appreciate when you retweet any of our shows or like it on Instagram and Facebook. Former NFL offensive lineman calling a college football game every week for CBS Sports Network. I've got this week San Jose State at Army. The Spartans and the Black Knights. Looking forward to it. Both teams trying to get their records back to 500. Matt, before we break down these games, I got something I want to tell you about. I got something I want to tell all of you about. A word from Martellus Bennett, a professor at the Dos Equis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans. Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season? Dominate every debate? Become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dos Equis College Football Football College, where you'll learn from football insiders like me, 
Jake Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019, Dos Equis Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally, there's a football beer school for me. Thanks, Martellus. We'll start, Matt, with Wisconsin against Ohio State. It is a noon contest on Fox. Wisconsin always known for their offensive line. They also have a very good defense this year, except Illinois started to kind of exploit them a little bit. But let's start with their center, Tyler Beattis. Yeah, man, he he's probably one of the better centers that we've seen in a while. Um, he has really solid hand strength. He turns defenders away, you know, from the gaps that they're trying to take, and and he's been very effective against NFL size nose tackles one on one, which is just an awesome skill to be able to have the ability to be able to work on guys like that without double teams. He gets their hands into them well, moves his feet well. He's a strong puncher. Um, you know, he's someone that. Um, anchors well, and he has the light feet to, to adjust even to where defenders try push-pull maneuvers on him. Um, I, I think athletically, he's just best suited to center um, in terms of that he doesn't have a great arm length. He's not someone that, while he has light feet, he's someone that doesn't have unbelievable range, I, I think, as a player. But for the center position, it's very good um, in terms of what he needs to do. He has good leverage with his hips to turn defenders. Um, you know, so they can't shed him working um, towards a shoulder, you know, towards an oncoming runner. Um, he He's someone that I think at sometimes his feet can get a little too narrow with some reach blocks. He can get thrown off balance at certain times. Um, but overall, this is a guy who handles a lot of big men in the middle of the field one-on-one. And, uh, you know, he's going to be an asset to an NFL team. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's, He's the only returning starter they really have on that offensive line, and they've played very, very well um, for the most part up front, even though they had all those guys, Dieter and Edwards and and Ben Shaw, who are all on NFL rosters right now, uh, loaded as usual. What about well, for Ohio State? Obviously, a lot of guys to choose from. We'll start with safety Jordan Fuller. Yeah, this is an athlete who can cover a lot of ground. He's quick twitch. He's got good change of direction. And he he's someone that can really play the force role well enough to push um, players back inside of the run game with the angles that he takes. Um, he's someone that also, you know, has solid hands. He's quick enough to cover the flats and has, has pretty good hands and ball tracking when the ball's um, coming towards him. He can get a little too handsy one-on-one with slot receivers, especially in the vertical game. Um, and, and one of the things with him that's going to need some work, because as good as he is at transitioning from, say, dropping to attacking downfield, um, and, and as good as he is at changing direction, he really needs a lot of work as a tackler. He's much better sideline to sideline where he's tracking down a guy and wrapping him from behind than he is coming downhill, hitting, wrapping, and driving. That's not his game. Um, he often drops his head too often as a tackler, so he doesn't see what he's hitting. Um, and it's something where, you know, that's something he's going to have to get a lot better at at this point. But he's someone that, you know, he does c- 
cover pretty well one-on-one and can transition from watching the eyes of the the quarterback to working the sideline and working towards the man. Um, So there's some coverage skills there that are, that may be helpful. Um, There's some range that's good, but it's just when it comes time to finishing, that's where I worry about him. Yeah, that's a very important part of playing safety. There's absolutely no question about it. I feel like (laughs) that. I feel like, you know, there are some teams, Matt, that clearly have, you know, safety as a priority now position. And then there are others I feel like are still trying to get away with, you know, not investing as many resources at the safety position. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's interesting how that is. I would have to, I have to kind of guess that they feel like that either that they can, that there's some things that they can teach with players that maybe they're not as successful at that they, as they think they might be. Um, or that they feel like that they can fudge a little bit with certain types of coverage where having the guy be able to show the range and that they can get some help with that player as long as he can kind of get there and help out a corner that that together that that can work out. But I think that that's often as we've seen that can backfire. Ohio State has a, a bunch of talented skill guys. Justin Fields, not draft eligible yet. Dobbins is just a true sophomore, right? Yeah, I think so. Or so he's, he's not he's, eligible either. Um, what about – and they have some good freshman wide receivers. Uh, the California kid, Garrett Wilson from Texas. What about Austin Mack, the wide receiver for Ohio State? Yeah, I mean, he's a – you know, we've covered a good number of guys at, at Ohio State already. Um, but Mack's a senior who, who, who had a foot injury just before he was coming on. He had He went through – a phase where he had some drops last year, but he's a guy that still shows some promise. And um, he's someone that has the, the skill to run flat breaks. I think he has enough speed to separate against a lot of cornerbacks in the vertical game. Um, and there's some skill there with double moves in the vertical game. And because he attracts the ball well over his head, he's willing to fight for the ball all the way to the ground and he can use his hands to win the football. Um, there's some promise there with him uh, against man coverage. Um, and he's someone that can that will probably get his start on special teams. He's someone that can he works coverage on punts. They use him a lot on the wing to help double team ends in the run game. And he's a good stock blocker as well, who who, who knows how to get his hands on defenders and really work and 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 maintain that his position where he needs to. Um, and he's someone that also also as a route runner shows the ability to take the back of the defender when it's presented him during the stem of his route. He has a rip off the line. That's pretty effective. I just like to see him make tighter turns to be a little bit more sudden with his breaks. And he, and, and I think the most troublesome thing I've seen with him that he has to work on is figuring out ways to kind of keep his balance as a route runner. I've seen repeated issues where he, where he slips or stumbles, you know, into, you know, out of his breaks or, or in the stems where he's transitioned from the stem to the break. And that's something that he's going to have to, you know, whether it's footwear, whether it's the, you know, the rate of his stride, whether it's, it's him just being completely up to speed or, or, or well rehearsed with certain routes, he's going to have to get better because you can see that it's just that the balance is kind of an issue there. And oftentimes that's a result of maybe not being feeling as sound about the route that he's running and then thinking too much as opposed to really having it under his feet. 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, it's Auburn and LSU. Always a bunch of dudes when these two teams get together. 
a bunch of players, uh, especially up front for both teams. Let's start with Auburn. I think previously we've talked about Derek Brown, the big defensive tackle. What about – now, this is the first time I, I see you've done this in the notes, Matt, which I love. Um, you know, you tell me the three guys and the three biggest games that you want to talk about. First time I've seen a guy listed with three positions – D end, <laughs> D tackle, outside linebacker, Nick Coe. Yeah, and it's it, he's a guy that may cover that gamut because Auburn lists him as an outside linebacker, but you often see him used more as an end or even um, pushed inside as a defensive tackle. And he's a guy that has the size that you could see him play up front for sure. Um, but I'm interested to see whether teams are going to use him more as, or, or consider him more of an edge player in a 3-4 as a, as a lineman or as an outside linebacker. Um, he has good closing speed. He shows some ability to make some drops when they do ask him to drop in the coverage, at least in shallow zone. Um, he's a power rusher and an edge setter. I mean, this is a guy that he can use his, the one-arm technique to extend and set the edge on tackles before shedding and, and, and wrapping up the defender. And he understands leverage pretty well. He's a former high school wrestler, and you can see how he can work inside to extend, and he's a takedown artist I mean, he in terms of tackling. This is a guy that when he gets his hands on you, he wraps you and you're going down, um, which I just really love about any defensive players that they can finish. And he has... He has good. He uses his hands pretty well to swipe defenders reaching for him, so he can stay clean, especially when he's running games. You know, running twists like and tackle twists, and he closes and hits you like a truck. So he's a he's a he's a violent hitter. He has a really good violent use of hands as well, with a chop rip off the edge when he plays defensive end. And there's some flexion to his ankles and hips around the edge, but I just want to see how much more range he has with that type of movement because. Um, he might be better off inside if he doesn't really have it to the extent that you would normally see with some top um, edge prospects. And and because he's always been powerful and uses his leverage well, he tends to take offensive linemen on head-on more often than he should. I'd like to see him um, a, approach these guys from a shoulder to, to one side, um, and he needs to just diversify his game a little bit more if he wants to be a well-rounded rusher, if he plays outside. If you put him inside, I think he can help you pretty early. Then we'll get to uh, some of the LSU kids, including wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Ross, this guy might be one of my favorite receivers in the draft, right, from what I've studied right now, and I've probably studied about 50 of them at this point. And uh <sighs> He's he's someone that he plays a lot of slot, but you also see him used at flanker and split end. So you've seen him at all three positions uh, as a receiver, which is really nice. And he has a variety of approaches to release from press coverage or physical coverage in terms of using different types of footwork patterns, different types of hand uses, whether it's a rip or dip in the shoulder or an arm over. He can stack his... Um, defender, and he does a pretty good job of being able to cut off that defender and stack him so that he owns the pace of the route and can control that. He's someone that, that makes t- the tough catches, you know, whether it's a tight window and zone in the red zone where he's extending towards an oncoming safety or whether it's tight coverage man-to-man where he has to go up and track the ball, 
catch it and turn away. He does that very easily. He can own the boundary pretty well in vertical routes where he doesn't get too close to it so that he gives his quarterback more room to be able to throw those balls, and then he can work towards that boundary as need to to make the catch. Sudden stops and turns. And, and my favorite thing about him is that he does the dirty work in the run game. So this is a physical guy who's often used as a blocker um, to seal the edges. He'll take on linebackers and actually deliver with, you know, a good uppercut punch where he rolls his hips through the, through the contact, even against larger guys. Sometimes he'll overextend, but I mean, to watch a wide receiver, especially a guy who works in the slot, do that repeatedly against a, a Florida linebacker or, you know, other SEC linebackers and actually do it with some success um, and to be able to delay that man or get a little push on him or turn him away is really impressive. I just like everything that this guy does. And I think that he's going to be, uh, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be a, a good pro for a long time. Was he, was he, I don't, you might not even know this, Matt, was he a former quarterback? You know, I don't know that yet. And that's, it wouldn't be surprising because a lot of these guys, you think of a guy like Jacoby Myers, who's been successful with the Pats, who was a, who's a former quarterback before he made that transition. And, and he played physical and smart in a way that you could see a guy like Jefferson, who's a little speedier, um, kind of has that to him. Yeah, for some reason I have it in my head that he he was a high school quarterback, but I might might be wrong on that one. Uh, LSU always has good running backs. Uh, let's get into the guy they got this year, and at least one of them, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, he's a you know I think the the quickest way that I describe him is he's and this is you know when I say this it's kind of like. It, you have it's like when you're renting a car and you have different type of models and you know the higher up you go the more it's a luxury model i'd say clyde edwards hilaire is kind of like the emmett smith starter kit <laughs> you know he's a guy that kind of low to the ground um you know low center of gravity good stiff arm to ward off direct hits he has some efficient jump stops to avoid penetration in the backfield and he has some skill to flip his hips so that he can make tight changes of direction um he's someone that can catch the ball reasonably well on short routes, like check downs, like wide routes, where and and shows some ability to turn behind his frame to catch the ball. And who's going to pull through, you know, defenders reaching for him at the lower leg. So just you know, when there's just traffic where defenders are trying to come off blocks and reach and, and try and get a hold on him, he can pull through those. It's probably the best spin move I've seen all year on a running back. It's just really tight, quick, and efficient. And he can hit it from a variety of angles and and be able to work through work past defenders as a result of that. Um, the thing is, is that athletically, I just don't see him see a lot of strength and balance to his game where he's going to generate a push at, at the you know in the in the middle of the the line in the gaps where he's going to get a lot of yardage you know after contact. I don't see that with his game. He doesn't have great speed or power. I think he's a blocker. He needs a lot of work. He drops his head way too often, and he misses assignments where it just looks awkward or sometimes even a little dangerous for for him. Um, so he and as as often as he can track the ball on some check down routes, um, he doesn't show a lot of range in terms of being able to extend his arms and and make some plays that other running backs do, and has become important in this game. So. You know, while I think he's a very good college running back, I see him as a guy who 
could make an NFL roster, could contribute as a reserve and give you some some skill in terms of asking him to do some work, uh, you know, between the tackles. But he's not a runner who's going to, um, you know, get yards on his own in the way that the better backs in the NFL can on a consistent basis. Yeah, they usually have very, very – they've had a, a group of very talented guys go through there. There's no question. It's kind of weird to see LSU throwing the ball so much, and it's just a different – it's a new time. That That's going to be a terrific game. Auburn-LSU should be awesome. How about the nightcap? It's Notre Dame and Michigan, Matt, 730 on ABC. And I'm curious about Notre Dame quarterback – Ian Book, because you never really hear his name very often when talking about, you know, NFL prospects at the quarterback position. I'm curious as to why. Yeah, I mean, I think that the probably one of the big reasons is, you know, he's not, I, if, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the guy that wows you with arm strength. Um, but and at the same time, there are some things I think decision making we'll talk about in a second that that probably hold him back a little bit more. But he, you know, working at Notre Dame, he can he's worked under center. He has a pretty good drop back game in terms of you know executing the one three five type of drops, occasionally a seven step drop. He's someone that has that short and intermediate pinpoint accuracy in the pocket, which is nice. He can throw well on the move and and works well really on and off script you know, and on and off platform with his throws. He has even some accuracy in the vertical game and can throw from the opposite hash if he's able to set up and drive the throw. Um, And he shows some good decision-making to throw the ball away to avoid sacks. So, you know, short, quick game type of play-action quarterback with excellent ball fakes and, and, and ability to use a pump fake and to look off defenders and hold safeties is pretty good. Um, But the decision-making thing for him is that he just doesn't really show an understanding of how he should weigh the leverage of where the coverage is and how they're placed against his receivers. And when he doesn't factor that in his decision-making process, what happens is he ends up opting for tougher throws for fewer yards when he has a better option in front of him, or he puts his receivers in harm's way unnecessarily. Um, You know, and his draw, he has some mechanical issues, his drops, consistently have like this one added step to the, to the drop form and that hinders his efficiency when setting up. So his stance gets too wide. And then when he releases the ball, this, the front leg of his knee ends up straightening out, which causes the ball to sail on him all too often. And, and he has to learn also with the pocket, there has to be a little bit of better feel against edge pressure where he has chances to climb the pocket reset and fire instead of retreating from that pressure and then losing the leverage that any leverage that the that his blockers might have on that defender when he starts to feel it and and in addition to just that inability to to really feel leverage well he also lacks anticipation on those timing routes so that's probably a big deal for scouts when they're looking at that and saying this is a guy that lacks anticipation doesn't really see the the best route in front of him and i think that's why that while he's going to get consideration from teams, he's not going to be at the top of, of teams' lists right now. Okay. What about his tight end? Uh, Cole Komet, I think Cole might have played in the U.S. Army Bowl. Uh, I know he kind of burst on the scene against Georgia and was very impressive, and I feel like Notre Dame has kind of 
tight end you, if you will. Yeah, certainly has a great history of that position. And he's a, he's probably a catch. He's more of a pass catcher first, um, blocker second in that kind of mold of a big receiver that we see from a lot of tight end prospects that, that are coming out and, and entering the draft. Um, he extends well for the ball and he tracks it well with his back to the defender. So he, he does some good work as a seam receiver and he has a plan from a three point stance to work through contact to the line as a route runner. So you, you know, he has some ability to use his hands and set and set defenders up to, to get a cleaner release. Um, and that same plan is pretty good at the top of his stem. So he disguises his breaks reasonably well with some either head fakes or a stick or a stutter, and he can be efficient with it. Um, and I think his acceleration is good enough that as a pass catcher, he can work past the defensive back after the catch and get some yardage while even though that acceleration is good, I mean, he's not going to pull away from defensive backs. You know, they're going to catch up to him um, pretty quickly and run him down, but he will get you some yards after the catch because he's quick at transitioning. Um, you know, linebackers and defensive backs, at least weak side linebackers, they're going to have to work a little harder to bring him down as a runner. So there's some power and balance there. Um, and he shows some cut some suddenness at the line with some cut blocks. He's going to, you know, work against backside defensive ends and show some quickness to be able to get across their legs and bring them down. And he's quick enough laterally to wall off edge defenders as a blocker. He just has to get better as a blocker and, and probably get a little bit bigger, um, especially in his core to where he can, and combined with that and refining his punch, getting a better stance, working on his timing. He's got a lot to do as a blocker to really become an all around tight end. But I think that he can be helpful, um, you know, at certain phases of special teams, maybe on um, kick coverage as well as as a receiver who might be able to play a little bit of H back for you and give you kind of what we've seen from Derek Carrier and John Gruden's offense recently, where he can kind of play on the wing. He can play a little bit in line on the backside, and then you could use him as a fullback on occasion too. Uh, finally, let's get to one of the Michigan defenders um, who was all over the place against Penn State Saturday night. And I'm not sure how to say his name, Josh Metellus from Michigan. Yeah, I think that's it. And, and, you know, this is an assignment sound guy, you know, on outside runs, he's going to force that back that ball carrier back inside. I think he reads the eyes of quarterbacks pretty well as a center fielder. So he gets the jump on routes like crossing routes and he can force some of the speedier um, players who get the ball out of bounds without being able to, you know, keeping them from being able to turn the corner on him. Um, He can get beat deep over t- over the top as a safety um but you know overall it, overall the the real strength of his game is hitting and people bringing people down he's he he's someone that is you know pretty good at being able to deliver deliver that hit wrap up and drive um he tracks the ball pretty well though as you know and has pretty good hands on tip passes and he cuts off routes he shows some skill um, with timing routes and like crossing routes and slants where he can trail and, and then be able to work from behind it and be able to um, disrupt the play. Um, but he's better downhill. You know, he's not a top athlete in terms of say like Fuller, who we just talked about is more quick twitch. Um, but he's someone that I, you know, that I think from a run game standpoint, he can be effective. I think he'll be at, at the very worst, he can be very effective on special teams because of his tackling skills and his tracking skills. Um, but I think that I'm not sure how effective he'll be 
as a coverage player in the slot. That's where I worry about him in terms of speed and quickness. But he does stay alive against, you know, through traffic to sift through. And, and he can he understands angles well enough to be an effective last line of defense against some, you know, pretty good Big Ten players who, who, are, who are good in the open field. So there's some promise there, but I want to see a little bit more in terms of his savviness with angles and just how quick and fast he really is. Great stuff as always, Matt. I love it. Fired up. I love, by the way, that you did it so there's a game at noon, a game at 3.30, and a game at 7.30. So everybody listening now knows exactly which games to watch and guys to watch in all three of those games. Awesome, 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 Matt. Almost as awesome as betonline.ag, where if you use the promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% welcome bonus, 5-0. Plus, I'm doing this PODCAST1 Sportsnet Challenge each week, and somehow I still haven't won. I don't know how that's the case, but I haven't, and I'm frustrated. But all that means is that I will win shortly, and when I do win... Five of you will get a chance to get $100 put in your BetOnline account as long as you already have a BetOnline.ag account that you've gone ahead and used the promo code PODCAST1 for that 50% welcome bonus. That is the key, baby. Make sure you've done that. And uh, yeah, other than that, the Power Rankings Tuesday already posted. If you haven't checked that out, certainly go ahead and do so. Power Rankings Tuesday on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. And then we have Fantasy Feast with Joe Dolan. We'll record part one of that in a couple hours. You can check that out as well. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.